Hey, 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 good morning. How are you doing today, Jordan? Oh, man, I'm better than I deserve. I love your voice. Oh, my God. You, I mean, well, you've got you. such a speaking voice. And first of all, I love that you, you've you got that Southern accent because I'm over here in Charlotte and Southern authenticity seems to be fading away. Man, don't it? Yes, it does. I, I love the journey that you have been on because you've been on some pretty large stages. And now, you to me, you're on the world's biggest stage, NBC's The Voice. That's right. That's right, man. It's, it's pretty surreal. I've been on some big stages. I've been on some tiny stages. And I've been, you know, I've worked in Texas prisons for five years. And this is still the scariest thing I've ever done. What were you doing with those Texas prisons? I was counseling people that killed people. Yeah, yeah just one of those everyday jobs, right? Yeah, yeah, one of those that just keeps on giving. But see, you know what that tells me? That tells me that you are a listener first. You go in to listen and you help create solutions. Am I wrong? No, and I'll tell you, you know, the the intuition to listen and to be able to intuitively know people's stories, that helps me as an entertainer, too, because when you read a room and you look at faces, you know, when you've looked in people's eyes and seen some of the trouble and the hardships they've been through, you know, you just connect with people on a deeper level, and I think that really helps me on stage as well. I got to tell you, that's the reason why I started a job at a, at a grocery store, because I really felt like that I lost who my listener was, and I needed to go somewhere where, yep. where people are. Yep. Yep, I totally understand. But that takes courage and confidence to put yourself in front of people like that because judgment is always just one whisper away. Oh, it is. Well, at least on Facebook, they don't whisper, they <laughs> shout it. Where do you get your humor from? Oh, well, if you ask my mama, it came from my daddy. If you ask my daddy, it comes from the Lord. <laughs> so you got to tell me about the, the town that you live in in Tennessee, because it's not famous. But yet I have a feeling you're about to get a, a, a plaque somewhere because they, they do that in so many southern cities. Home of blank. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee right now, which is just a little suburb outside of Nashville. But I hail from the great small town of Atoka, Oklahoma. Nice. And if I could get an Atoka, Oklahoma plaque, that would mean everything to me. <laughs> that means you got to go there and perform then. I'm going to in November 4th. We're putting on a big outdoor shindig in Atoka, Oklahoma. Oh, is barbecue involved? You know what? There should be. And you know what? It's going to be right next door to Reba's place. And I know that they are launching a brand new menu item in honor of Reba. So it's going to be a big night. I got to tell you my story with Reba is that I, this is how old I am. Uh, Reba was just getting started when I was just getting started in radio. And, and her name was, oh, wow. Re when I first started playing her music, it was always Reba McIntyre, Reba. And somebody had to come in and slap me upside the head and say, dude, it's Reba, Reba. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> You know, all I can pray for is that I get famous enough that people know how to say my name. Are you going to get to the point like Reba in the way that, I mean, look at what she's done with acting. I mean, she's become very respectable mm. on the flat screen as well. I can't wait for that opportunity. What's keeping you from that opportunity now? The opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Nobody's asked me to the dance yet, man. <laughs> but when they do, I'll come with my dress and my, my heels on. <laughs> what were you like growing up? They used to get me whippings every day. Oh, God. <laughs> you sit in the principal's office like me? I did. I got. I went to ISS for being funny. I got whippings for being funny. And now it makes me a full-time living. You know, I've always uh, had a knack for making people laugh because I was always a littlest kid in, in class. You know, we moved around a lot. So I was always the new kid, always the smallest kid in class. And I figured out that they wouldn't beat me up if I could make them laugh. Right, so right. that's what I did. You are such the perfect character for Hee Haw. Maybe we can have a re-imaging of <laughs> Hee Haw. 
Oh, yeehaw revival. That's what America needs, man. <laughs> I even played banjo. Oh, do you really? Oh my. I do. Oh my god. Now so. now now you're bringing in the Barbara Mandrell kind of a comparison. Yes, sir. I do play all the instruments ever made because, again, I had no friends growing up. So I'd come home after school, go in the basement, pick up an instrument and learn it. And when I learned that one, my parents would give me a new one. I honestly believe that I'm talking with the future country music star of the year. Well, you know, part of me thinks it's desperation. Look, I'm a single woman. I'm a divorced woman. And I figured out really early in life that I wasn't going to cure cancer or build bridges or do anything book smart. So if I was going to make a living and stay you know, out of jail or out of being homeless, I better get really good at something. And I just chose music. You seem to be the type of person that's like me. I can go out to the Grand Tetons in the state of Wyoming, stare at those mountains and go, there's nothing I can do to create that, but I'm going to rely on myself to create something that'll move other people. That's right. Move other people and just, you know, to secure a future because, you know, I, I came from a very poor family. I grew up watching my parents flip couch cushions to send me lunch money to school. Yeah. And that has stuck with me. And I'm like, I never want to go back to flipping couch cushions. Tell you what, isn't that weird how it doesn't really leave your body? Because people always tell me, why are you always pinching pennies? Because I grew up poor. Mm -hmm. That's why. Because I, yeah. I, I don't want to go back to where I came from. That is exactly right. I work harder than any woman ever born, and I save my money, and I never want to go back to where I came from. But I, I'm grateful for where I came from, but I don't want to go back. How many people have said that because of how, where you grew up and, and how you, you speak with such openness and with, with comedy that your personality reminds them of Dolly Parton? You know, believe it or not, I guess because especially now I'm on The Voice, people compare me to Reba. I get yeah, the lightning get all the time. But um, believe it or not, when I sing, um, for some reason, maybe it's the thinness and the way that I kind of sing from my nose, I do get the Dolly likeness at times, and that's always very flattering. Okay, you bring up a very interesting point about singing from the nose, because my chorus teacher would be all over me if I was that nasal. How, what, what, <laughs> what Has anybody spoken to you about it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They like to point that out. But, it, you know, what's funny is there's different parts of your instrument. You know, you got your chest and you got your your throat and your nose and your mouth. You got all these different resonators, just like a resonator guitar or a mm -hmm. banjo. Mm -hmm. And depending on what you're trying to deliver and, and maybe if I'm trying to be more comical, depending on the song, I'll place it more in the nose for a comic effect. And if I want to be bigger and more open and I'm singing a ballad, I can place it differently. But most of the time I do have a little bit of a tongue in cheek delivery. And so I find that the humor comes across when I sing from my nose. So are you like me in the way that when you are delivering something, you kind of put your hand on your tummy to find out if you're breathing from your stomach or are you breathing from your lungs? You know, I used to do that, you know, in vocal lessons. I've I've done it so long now that I can intuitively feel that, right. but that's definitely a great technique. Yeah. So what, let's let's go back to what you're doing in prisons because I'm so inspired by that in, in the way that you are mm. you have put people first. And and when I meet people that do that, that says something big about your heart. Well, you know, I mean, I I grew up in a Christian family, you know, uh, obviously, and so prioritizing faith in people has always uh, been ingrained in me, you know, by my parents. And that was the first thing I was in my, I was 19 when I started working in prisons. I was very young um, and just kind of was mentored and grown up in the last, you know, few years doing that. But it, it was definitely something that I feel that in ways I was too young for. Um, but at the same time, it, it because it, I did it at so young, it's cemented in me how real people's struggles are. Right. And whenever you look in their eyes, you know, they're not telling you 90%. People are icebergs, you know, and to learn that so young and to carry that forward in songwriting and in performing, it's been priceless. 
Do you keep forgiveness tucked inside your heart? Because if I were to work with somebody in a prison, the first mm. thing I would do is I say, look, I forgive you. Okay, so let's let's move forward. Let's share journeys. Let's share stories. Let's work on something where we can grow forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I did my best at times not to ask people, you know, why they were in there. And a lot of times that was the best way to just help people where they were is to not ask about their past. At times they would share that. Mm-hmm. And then you had to go home at night and deal with that and go, okay, I just helped somebody who did something really heinous and now I know about that and and forgiveness sometimes would come later and it would come after processing it and going okay is it even right for me to help these people do they deserve help and then you ask yourself well do I ever deserve help yeah, um and again that's that's a deep concept for a 19 20 year old to have to grapple with and um it definitely makes forgiveness on the lighter end of things easier do you see that the NBC's the voice stage as being a gift from God you know, I, I, I would say so, because, I, again, I'm 33 years old. I'm on what you call the old end of the spectrum of an artist trying to take off. I mean, they typically like you to be, you know, babies when you come out. And I know that this is kind of my last real shot at the world getting to know that I'm on the planet. So, yeah, it's absolutely a gift, and I'm so thankful for it. Yeah, Jordan, I'll tell you what, I meet people every day inside that grocery store that tell me, man, if I could mm-hmm. just do music, I, I just want my music mm-hmm. to be heard. And I go, have you, have you watched NBC's The Voice this season? Because every mm-hmm. opportunity for you to be heard, they have opened the door for everybody to have that one shot. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's such a great thing because it's called The Voice. You know, there's there's such a, a reality about this industry that you are judged on your looks, you're judged on your weight, and it's, it's especially hard on women. And so to have a true shot for people to turn their backs and just say, show me your gift. Yeah. And if your gift moved me, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to give you your shot. There's something really magical about the concept of the show. And I think it's the reason that I've made it as far as I've made it. And you know, just so, so thankful for it. And for Reba, of course. Yeah. Jordan, it's been that way for women all along. I mean, I've been in radio for Mm -hmm. 44 years and I remember back in my early days of radio where they said, do not ever play two female artists back to back. And I would go, why not? And, but but it's never been an easy journey for the artists. No, it hasn't. I can't count how many times I've talked with publishing companies and even record labels, you know, where it's like, oh, sorry, we just signed a woman. We can't sign another one right now. I've been told that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, uh, it's it's really difficult at times to swallow, but this is the hand I was dealt. This is the time I was born in, and har- stronger women have made it through harder times, and so I'm going to get my shot. The greatest thing about modern-day television is the fact that we have streaming uh, facilities, and when you go to the Peacock, there are some people that are just starting off with the season while others are already deep into the season. When they discover you, they need to know right away that you didn't start off as a singer. You grew no. into that position. That's correct. I I had a, a birth defect that greatly affected my speaking voice and my singing voice to the point I had a one octave range, which if you know anything about music, that's yeah. a very small uh, range to be able to sing. It's basically, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. That's about as far as I had. <laughs> um, and so singing wasn't in the cards for me. So I just decided I'm going to be the best picker and the best player I can be. That's why I play so many instruments because I didn't have a voice. And then I got diagnosed, started getting treated for this birth defect and realized that I had a five octave range. And so just in the last five or six years, have I really discovered my voice and figured out I could sing. So it's been a game changer. So are, have you been a studio musician with that much talent? 
Yes, yes. I, I've played on a lot of records and played on a lot of people's stuff. And, uh, you know, it's been a real blessing to get to do that. What is that like for you? And the reason why I bring that up is because my wife's ex-husband is a studio musician as well. And he's also an engineer. Mm. But but he says, mm-hmm. he says, I just want the money. I don't want the fame. I just want the money. Well, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, I mean, it's the security is great. If you're a, a tried and true picker and you're somebody that they can rely on and you're getting calls every day and you get to go sit in a studio where you don't have to get your makeup done, you don't have the pressure and the, the tour schedule. I mean, there's there's guys, there's studio guys that have been on the road for years and now they're ready to kind of halfway retire and have time with their families. There's there's a place in music for everybody. Yeah, because that reminds me so much of the story of the group Toto because they were all studio yeah. musicians that just, just happened to get together and release an album. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Buddy Hyatt's a good friend of mine. You know, he sang with Toto for years and he's got a studio here in Nashville and does session work every day and he's happy as a lark. Yeah. So would you say that Nashville is the land of living happily ever after? (laughs) No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've been in the traffic, trust me. (laughs) Nashville is the land of traffic, of trying hard. And I'll tell you what, Nashville lives on FOMO. So if you got the threat of something going on, they'll treat you like the the princess at the ball. But, you know, if you're just a good picker with nothing going on and no social media numbers, you know, you ain't you ain't worth a second look. It's a real tough town and it'll spit you out if you're not tough and not stubborn. But, you know, if you are tough and you are stubborn and you stick it out and make good friends, it can be what you hope it is the city of charlotte is trying to be identified as a music town we've pushed so many people mm. away from charlotte to go to atlanta to go to nashville to go really? you know, up to detroit and they say that it's about time that charlotte starts laying claim to its own fresh sound really yeah yeah what would you say charlotte's sound is you know what i don't know that answer and and because i'll tell you when when arthur smith was here i would say that he when we got together all the time he said we were the original nashville charlotte was and he says mm, but but really? we didn't want it and and he and but i mm. i think that because of because of r&b casey and jojo and because of all these other artists i think that we are a slow groove but yet at the same time we also have a lot of storytellers around here i mean hootie and the blowfish mm. always played in charlotte because they love the the way that we embrace storytelling mm. man that's fascinating i'm gonna have to hit charlotte because i'm a storyteller myself yeah see and, and there's that and we're finally getting all these different music venues in fact there are so many musicians playing right now that on every thursday night there's a grocery store somewhere in charlotte that's got live music we have it every thursday night you're kidding no gro- yeah harris teeter man we've got we've got uh, uh our grocery store is filled with music and people come there to 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 drink wine to drink beer to shop to have a celebration as a community that's amazing i want to be a part of that absolutely and see and that's what i love about musicians nowadays is that it's not always about that gigantic stage no, no, it's about connecting with people. Yeah, yeah. So what what have you learned being so open with your music? Because so many times we go inward, but we don't want to push ourselves outward. We save that for the stage. Well, you know, uh, again, you know, as a songwriter myself, believe it or not, I tend not to get super personal in my songwriting. I love to tell big, tall tales. I like to tell stories about women burying their husbands in the rose garden and things like that. I love to make up stories. But, you know, the personal touch comes from the delivery, and it's telling other people's stories. And, again, um, I'm somebody whose trademark is wearing shades. And so, you know, they can't always see my eyes. I like being a little bit of a mystery. That personal touch just comes from, you know, every ounce that I leave on the stage and of course the meet and greets afterward and getting to connect with people. So it's definitely a hodgepodge of mystery and finding ways to still connect with people while maintaining a little bit of that, um, 
that persona. Has anybody come up to you and said, man, you're bringing up uh, the old performers of the 60s, question mark of the Mysterians? <laughs> no, nobody has. But I mean, everybody's got something to say about the shades and about me wearing black, especially some of the uh, the older folks are like, you're so pretty. Don't hide behind them shades. <laughs> and I, you know, bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. Why you wear them glasses? You're so pretty. I'm like, well, you know, I, well, I can't say that on radio. I shouldn't. Uh, I was going to say something funny and it is funny, but I get in trouble. But basically, I show what I want to want to show to who I want to show when I want to show it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It worked very well for 50 years for the group Kiss. We don't, we didn't know what they looked like. That's true. That's true. And the thing is, with that, you get to age gracefully and nobody knows the difference. <laughs> Either that or become Bart Simpson. You, 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 you never age. True. True. <laughs> Where can people go to find out more about you and so they can give you a lot of love, Jordan? Well, listen, you can actually go find me on jordanrainerofficial.com. That's a way you can show me love, but my website is the best way that I can show my fans love back. That's where my fan club is located, and if you join one of my fan club tiers, I tell you what, you get the star treatment, you get behind-the-scenes access, you get virtual VIP passes, you get Zoom calls with me once a month, jordanrainerofficial.com, and, of course, all the social media platforms as well. you got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Jordan. Oh, man, thank you so much. You've been an absolute blast. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? That's the plan. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.